Welcome everybody to True Exact Show. I'm with Eric, Brian. Our special guest today is someone we're really looking forward to. Uh, Jim Califat, also known as Jim Star, also known as Laser from American Gladiators growing up, which is a show three of us watched, I mean, religiously hoping we could be on it one day and then realizing we'd probably get our faces smashed in. <laughs> but it was nice enough for Jim to join us um, and... You know, it, it, every time we get to talk to someone we grew up uh, watching, it's really cool. So before we get into the show and, you know, have some questions, uh, Jim, just tell our viewers, like, about your life. I know you were born in Montana, how you got into training, nutrition, and uh, everything like that, man. Sure. Uh, first and foremost, hey, uh, thank you and a pleasure having me. Uh, True Exact, Brian and Eric, thanks, bros. I uh, really appreciate the time. You know, it's been 30 years since the show ended. Uh the show started in 1989 and ended in 1997. And when the show did end, we were in about 60 different countries. And we were really the true, the first true reality TV show uh, that was on TV. And this was before cell phones and really where the computer became the craze, right? So it really became kind of organic marketing. Uh, people just kind of heard about it. So the, the show, um, the company that owned us, Sammy Goldwyn, really didn't market the show like they do nowadays, right? Uh, it was just word of mouth and it just got, it picked up and uh, ratings started to go sky high. And since the show ended 30 years ago, we've been on everything from uh, ESPN and, you know, reruns on er everything that you could imagine. Um, and, uh, you know, they've taken care of us. So, um, I'll, if you want, I can kind of go, you know, the history of how how I actually ended up as Laser from American Writer. Yes, Lighter. please. It's my number one question. So go on, man. The floor is yours. Tell us about yeah, it. So, so I grew up in Montana. I still consider Montana my home. I still have uh, my mom and sister and brother. They they live in Great Falls in Missoula. Uh, all my Some of my best friends that I grew up with um, – they all live in Montana still, and I went to Montana State University there, and, and I played uh, linebacker and became an All-American, and uh, unfortunately, I got hurt my senior year and hurt my ankle, and so, and our team didn't do too well. We went, to, I think, one in 10, and so you don't really get the notoriety from all the, the scouts, and so I was expected to get drafted. Unfortunately, I did not, but at the same time, when I was done playing in 1983, the USFL came around and I was drafted by the San Antonio Gunslingers hmm. and they only drafted two linebackers, but they, the company, uh, USFL, the San Antonio Gunslingers never got a hold of me for two and a half weeks post me being drafted. So my agent at the time, Ken Staniger out of Montana, uh, he said, Hey Jim, this doesn't look good. It's a, it's a new a new football organization. They haven't called you. I think we should wait for the NFL. I'm pretty sure you're going to get drafted in the late rounds. Unfortunately, I turned down the USFL. I did not get drafted, and I went on uh, to play with the Chiefs and was injured quite seriously with the ankle injury, and they cut me. Mm -hmm. I went back to Montana, and then um, a coach by the name of uh, Bob Obilovich grew up in Butte, Montana, and he was the head coach at Toronto Argonauts up in the CFL. So he heard about me. My agent got hold of him, and I went up there for a year and a half and played. And uh, 
they got kind of silly rules up there where you can only have so many Americans uh, on injured reserve. Really? And if the roster is full with those injured Americans, they either have to trade you to different teams or send you home until there's a spot, right? So, unfortunately, they put me on injured reserve a few times. And finally, the third time, I, I just went home. I, that was not my idea of playing football, right? So, I went back to Montana State. I had another quarter of school left. Graduated in 86. Um, and then in 87, I moved to California from Montana to work with the, um, my grandfather was from North Hollywood. And he had quite the reputation uh, in the business world. And he had a friend by the name of Duke Llewellyn who ran the downtown athletic club. I got a hold of Duke and they hired me over the phone and I drove to California all by myself in my Mazda B2000 pickup truck. <laughs> and never knew anybody. I just, I lived in a little apartment and it was really lonely for a few months. My agent got a hold of the Rams and they signed me. And I had one day to, do I want this job or do I want to play football? I was like, hell yeah, I want to play football. So I went with the Rams in the first game running down. Uh, we were playing the Saints in the Superdome and a guy just blindsided me and Really serious injury. I fractured a scapula, punctured my lung, lost, uh, crushed my larynx. Um, it, it was just an awful injury. And so that was 1987. Uh, at that time, I met Dan Clark, who was Nitro from the Gladiators. He was playing outside linebacker with, with the Rams, and we became best friends and roommates. He got cut. And so we had an apartment for three years, and we're like, what are we doing with our lives? Uh, I, I did all kinds of stuff trying to make money. I was a limo driver and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? But I, I got to be honest with you. I, when I was cut from the Rams and my career was over, there were some really dark times, right? I mean, that's when you hear about these athletes that I've trained my whole life for one thing and one thing only, and it's taken away from you. What do I do now? Right. Uh, it was a very lonely, depressed time in my life for three years, especially trying to heal up from an injury. And uh, I just, I, I really was lost in life. It was a very sad ordeal that I went through. And um, fortunately, Dan and I started doing commercial work on the side as extras. And one thing led to another, and we both landed the same commercial agent. I started doing really well with commercials, national commercials. One thing led to another, and then American Gladiators had a tryout. My agent called and said, hey, do you want to try out for this show? I said, hell yeah, let's do it. So I tried out, and a week later, my agent called and said, hey, they just casted you as one of the Gladiators. At that time, I was going through the L.A. Los Angeles Police Department to become uh, an officer and was accepted to the 1990 January Academy right at the same time that the Gladiators was going to be filmed. So I had to make a choice. Do I want to be an athlete or because the money wasn't that good that, on the contract for the Gladiators at that time, or do I want to be an LAPD officer and have a career? And it was another tough choice, but it didn't take me long to say, hell yeah, hmm. let's get up and compete. And that's how this show started. Um, Can I ask yeah. really quick, how, what were the tryouts? Like, how did, like, what did you have to do to try out? You have to beat up yeah. a nerd. <laughs> yeah. So 
the, the tryouts that they had us, you had to do 30 pull-ups, uh, 28 pull-ups and let's see, 20. What the, see, the, worst is, the worst is the first sentence you just said, I would have failed to try out immediately. Well, That's you it. know, here, here's what's funny. <laughs> That's you know, pull up. See you later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was uh, at the time okay. when I was trying out. Th this is funny. So when I was trying out for the gladiators, you know, I, I was 228, 235 pounds playing football all the way from college to pro. And then my agent at the time said, hey, let's get you into some acting and some modeling, but we need you to lose a little bit of the muscle. So I went from 230 and I got down to about 211. And I all I did was diet because I was still 7% body fat at 235. So I lost all this muscle mass. And when I tried out for gladiators, I was about 210. Um, and so the ironic thing is when I tried out, I was 210, right? And I'm going up against guys that were 260, 280 as the first time we got together because they, they, even though they casted me, I still had to try out right. after they casted me. So the first thing they had to do, I think 25 pull-ups in 30 seconds. Um, they had us do the 40-yard dash and, then they had us do one-on-one -on -one wrestling with other other potential gladiators. Uh, I mean, the tryout was more uh, horrendous and physically exhausting, and more injuries were set by trying out than we did the three weeks of filming the show. I mean, it was really tough. So, yeah. and let me tell you, they had us try out, and it pisses me off to this day, and it pisses every other gladiator off. They had us try out every single year as gladiators against new potential gladiators. And I think they did that to keep us honest, to think, hey, don't get too big in thinking you could get attorneys and ask what you want in your contract. So unfortunately, they had us do that every year. So it was one-year contracts pretty, pretty yes. much? And like, did yep. you have friends who like were year one and then they got beaten out and you were like, oh, bye. Like that's uh, tough, right? Yeah, the, you know what? All the gladiators that were on the show, the various – you know, there's quite a few. I was the only gladiator that lasted mm -hmm. all seven seasons. Uh, there was gladiators that were fired or they got injured, like Turbo one year. Um, but they did have us try out. I don't recall if any gladiator was cut because they didn't perform well on the tryouts each year. And then they fired them and they had a new gladiator. But most of them were backups. And if someone was injured during the filming – then they would bring bring in the backup gladiator, um, and that's how that worked. Gotcha. I swear. Yeah. One more one more question, then Brian or Eric or Ellie, you could pass okay. on. Laser. How did it happen? The name. It just they couldn't come up with a name for me, and so during my five, it was about a four day tryout, and we were at Universal Studios, um, and they just couldn't come up with a name, and finally we were all in this. We were in the little bleachers in, in the uh, uh, studio there, and and I just kept thinking, like, what's tough? What's fast? What'll cut right through you? And I said, hey, how about laser? And I think it was Julie Rush, someone at the time, one of the producers or directors. It could have been Bob Bagley, someone. And they said, oh, my gosh, that's it. You are you now are officially laser on the show. And that's how it that's how it started. All right. That, that's, you know, my, my life's complete. Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, go on. Yeah. I want to go back to um, when you were talking about how you got cut from the Rams and 
I think it's something that, you know, if you're comfortable with getting into it, just talking about like mentally where you were at in those times. Cause I feel like people go, a lot of people go through that similar type of thing, you know, where it's like, if you're even working at a job, you know, you've been at the job for 20 years and then in one day and they say, all right, you know, we're going to be letting you go. And, you know, you've given all this time to something and you've given your soul and your life to it. And now it's just gone. And it was your identity, like who the person at your core were, you know, like what, how did you kind of like re-motivate yourself and like push yourself through to say, okay, I'm going to carry on and I'm going to figure out something new. Wow. Great, great question. I mean, your core and who you are, your inner being, and you know, it's your label, right? So, wow. Great question. Because there are, and let me tell you, there's not an athlete out there. I don't care what sport you're in, basketball, baseball, football, karate, boxing. When that career is over, whether you, when it's taken away from you, even when it's not and you retire and you're still healthy, right? Um, when that career ends and it ends abruptly for whatever reason, in my case, um, boy, the wheels start spinning. And it's very true, Brian, what you said. I mean, where's your identity? You, you've given everything and every day you work towards that goal right uh for my my case working out all day trying to be the best of the best um and i'm going to segue into this that you know i I always i made a vow to myself and i've said this on other podcasts and radio shows i made a vow to myself that if anyone were to ever beat me out uh football, boxing, baseball, it doesn't matter what I ever tried out for, that I was going to train harder than the next guy that was trying out because I never wanted to regret in my life that I didn't give it my all, mm-hmm. that that person that took my spot, took my position, was just a better athlete, right? Or there was some politics involved, which obviously that happens in professional sports. But, it, uh, you know, when I look back on that, my life uh, in 1987, you know, it, oh, it actually chokes me up thinking about it because the depression that you go through, and I think if it wasn't for Dan Clark, Nitro, I'm going to give him a kudo here, is if we weren't young, buff, good-looking, at the time we thought we were studs and we were all this, and he liked to party and go out. I, I think if it wasn't for that and him keeping me vo- motivated to keep working out, I'm not sure what would have happened. Um, tough deal. I, I just don't know. I mean, it happened a long time ago. But um, for any people listening that have been in that situation, um, I'm not sure what – I mean, there were things – people associated in my life that brought me out of that darkness. Um, I've, I've lived a, a never surrender. I, I, I use that motto uh, when I signed autographs and I still do it today is, you know, I, ne- I never want to give up on myself. Um, there's a burning desire and I still have that burning desire to, to be better than I was yesterday. And I, I, and I'm still fighting that battle, right? Uh, I'm still trying to tame that beast within me because I, I still have a temper. I still, you know, I'm still trying to calm the beast with inside me, but that beast 
has wanted to come out to be the best of the best, mm. whether it's football or my job, being the best husband, uh, just a great dad, uh, now a grandpa. You know, we all falter at times, right? But in the back of my mind, I still want to be the best. And I think it pulled me out of a deep, dark time in my life. But that's a that's a great question, Brian. Thank that has you. Another layer to it too, when you talk about it, it chokes you up because, like, if you go to your Instagram and whatnot, you see photos of you with your daughter, with your grandkid. So, like, that just has like a whole other layer. Like hearing you talk about, it, you don't know what could have happened, the life that like wouldn't have been. It really does hit a different way, man. So that, that yeah, is tough, man. God, that's awesome that you open up about that because a lot of athletes uh, in your position, even like the big tough guys, it's nice to see a human side. You know, yeah, yeah, and trust me, there's yeah, man, ho hopefully we're all humanistic and we can, you know, put your feelings on your sleeve because at the end of the day, that's that's all we have. Right. I mean, we're human beings and we have feelings and you could be the toughest bastard in the, in the room and kick the shit out of anybody. But at the end of the day, we all have feelings and we all have a heart and hopefully a little passion and compassion about other people. Um so yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate that. It was it was a it was a tough time, and and to your point, Brian. I mean, th there's no difference with your your job. I mean, I've been there. I was with a company for many many years, for eleven years, and they decided to eliminate my position, which they promised me I would never have left ever. And when I did, it was uh, thankfully for my wife. She pulled me out of another dark time, so I lost my identity there. So it's not just sports. It's it's probably everything that we go through with life that uh, um, resembles who we are as a person, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I think to a degree, too, you have to be a little bit allowing. Like when you when you have something like that happen, like everybody deals with, I would say, sadness or depression on some level. You know, I think you when you accept like, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going through. It's easier to start that climb out. Because the more you fight against it, I'm not depressed. I'm not, I'm not this, I'm not that it's you're, you're denying what you really are. And if you just take responsibility for it, like you take ownership of it and say, this is whatever, this is me right now. I'm going to get out of it, but I'm just accepting that this is where I'm at. You know, I feel like that plays such a huge role in it too. Yeah, I agree. That's a, that's a good point. I think you have to own up to it. Don't, don't deny it. Right. I mean, yeah. Hell, I think all of us, I mean, you, my wife is a very happy person. She's bubbly and happy, but there's times, you know, I mean, I don't care who you are. You, you're going to go through some dark times for whatever reason. Right. So yeah, own up to it. And, and I think if you do, you, you can get through the hard times. Uh, you know, all of us go through tough times, everything, you know, losing people, jobs, careers, whatever it is. So, yeah. Exactly. I also, I just want to touch to add a little thing to it. When you said like, if you weren't like a buff guy out with Nitro at that age, you don't know what you would have done. So you basically were saying, if you looked like me, it would have been, you know, a whole different story. <laughs> you would have started a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. If you looked like you, he'd be in his basement, just like you. Right. So question Sure. Since you were the only one that lasted all seven seasons, doesn't that make you the ultimate American gladiator in a sense? I like that. We can we can go with that. I kind of like that. Yeah. I so mean, like, where, do you at least have a shirt that says "Ultimate American Gladiator"? Like seven season survivor. Like, come on now. You no, should really I, market I, that. Who does your really, marketing? Let me is it really is survival because on the TV show that lasted seven, it was seven years, eight seasons because we did two seasons in one year. Um, 
I had uh, 11 surgeries in eight years, and then I've had another six operations on my shoulders based on the injuries that I received on the gladiator. So it was pretty damn brutal, if you ask me. I mean, it was it was tough. Yeah, it was tough. Well, they deserve that title. The first <laughs> and the last. Yeah, right. That's cool. That's right. Yeah. What, so, were, yeah. what were some of the what were some of the surgeries you had? Most of them were uh, uh, complete rotator cuff tears. Uh, I had. Ooh, do you have pictures? Had, yeah, I've had eleven. I've had, I think, eleven shoulder operations. I had. Jeez, uh, um, I had a hernia. I broke my nose. I had surgery there. Um, my hand. Um, I said back, right? No, uh, no. That back, I had a herniated disc, so I had to get uh, a percutaneous disectomy done on my back. Uh, I had torn uh, labor in my hip. I had that done. Uh, all kinds of stuff. So, oh well. I've had seven cavities filled. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> and they I all cares. No. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Eric, go ahead, go ahead if you got a question. Um, you said this was like one of the first uh, reality TV shows of you know yeah. its time. So when you guys were auditioning and trying out for it, did you have any inkling into where it would have gone, or or was it? Why did do you think it blew up? Was it because wrestling was kind of big in the eighties, nineties? So you know what? Um, absolutely, we were the first reality TV show, and you can kind of Google that and find out. But you know what, I. I think it was just authentic. It, nobody else was doing what we were doing. It was, it was normal everyday weekend warriors, right? Against these super American gladiators that were buff and big and, and the tryouts across America, New York, LA, Chicago, we were getting 20 to 30,000 people uh, showing up for tryouts. And like I said earlier, um, they, they really didn't do any marketing for our show. It, it was just grassroots and, and the word of mouth. It, it blew up. It really did. And uh, we don't know why. A lot of us promoted ourselves. We had our own agents or attorneys or managers that went and helped us book uh, autograph appearances across the country. Where that, when we did that, that grew the name American Gladiators and people were aware and I mean, geez, if that show would happen now, we would be set uh, financially no. and just be set, right? I mean, yeah. uh, it, it just, I think it's as popular today. I mean, even I'll be 60 years old next February, and you guys look quite young to me, and you guys know what American Gladiators is or was. The name still signifies something in today's world right and that was 30 years ago so what does that tell you i mean it's yeah. it, that, that's it's crazy i mean may, there, there's 20 and 25 year olds that have never watched the show not true they've heard of the show i mean that's that's crazy to me but it was also it was very iconic in the way certain things are like everyone knows like the real world and road rules from MTV. There was an era where that happened. And the same thing goes for like American Gladiators. There was an era where that happened. And yeah. it's not something that is just easily forgotten. It's a cult, right. cult classic. It's yeah. like a cult. It really is, you know? Yeah. And yeah. It, yeah. A, after the show, this was just, geez, I don't even know how many, 
10 years ago, five, I mean, you know, NBC came out with the remake no. of American Gladiators. They had young producers. I mean, hell, if NBC can't make it work, we were on Fox. I, I, I don't even know what station we were on back in the 80s and 90s. Um, but NBC had the remix and they had Hulk Hogan, Ali Ali. I mean, and it just, they, they killed it. They killed the yeah. show because it wasn't authentic. It was, yeah. it looked like uh, Hollywoodish. You know, they're trying to. You know what the thing is though? With sequels and remakes and anything, right? Remember the first time you went to your favorite restaurant? Yep. Every time you've been there afterwards, it will never live up to the first time, no matter what you do. You have great points. You can apply that to a lot of things. You can never create that feeling that you got the first time. That's why everyone hates sequels to movies. They hate the shows. They hate, oh, this wasn't like the last time I came here. You'll never get that again. So the point of it is experience it when it's here. Realize when it's happening. Enjoy it and then let it go. Yeah. I feel like that every time I'm at Applebee's, though. (laughs) <laughs> like the first time hey brian what a great point because isn't that true i mean when, when you take away something that's iconic that started it could be anything like you mentioned a restaurant whatever but yeah they when when you know they thought hulk hogan and ali ali and being hollywoodish w- was the way and never having any of us do cameo appearances or be a host or they thought these young directors and producers could create another American Gladiators that was going to take off and it bombed. The, the yeah. ratings were awful. They got rid of it after, I think, one and a half seasons. Yeah. You know, shame on them. Shame on them. Right. Right. You know what right. that yeah. means, though? It's uh, subconscious. If I could interject. Oh, okay, hold on. Let me just say this real quick. Subconsciously, <laughs> when they do a remake, everyone is trying to remember the first time they saw it. And like I said, you cannot live up to that moment. So it's always going to disappoint, like no matter what. Even a great movie, like it's very rare that a movie has a sequel that is just as good as the first one, like unanimously. Godfather 2. Godfather, yeah, what are you talking about? Sharknado. Yeah, but okay, you can name one movie. Sharknado is good. Rocky 2. Yeah. Uh, Return to Oz. I mean, geez. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. What I hate here is Brian and Laser are the two most fit people here, and they're becoming hey. best friends hey. across my face, and it's really <laughs> annoying me. <laughs> it really, he's, great. he's really making some great uh, works here. I, lo- I love you. I mean, hey, Ellie, you were going to say something. What, yeah, what Ellie was pissed. Yeah. Ellie came in guns blazing. She's yeah. always, oh, fucking always. Also, they're not the, the two most fit people in this little video okay, chat. Okay, okay. First of all, okay. put some respect on the name. I'm the okay. least fit one. There, I'm the least. I have a workout I do called the Spartan Death Race. Okay, so put some respect on the name. Anyways. No. Love it. <laughs> yeah, we should do it sometime. We should do it sometime since we're so close. You would love it. Let's do it. Let's all do right, it. So perfect. I'm, I'm not kidding. I will drive down to Newport. All right, let's do it. Well, you got. I, 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 I was at the grocery store today, and I was like, I've been here for a while, and I thought I'm getting my cardio in, so I'm probably four. Killing <laughs> <laughs> me. That's funny. That really That's happened. That's a good one, Eric. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> it's no, true. Really. Okay, so my thing is, because I was wondering, because I know when the show came back, like I'm about to age everybody here, but um, 
I remember when I was a kid, my brother, my older brother and my dad would watch it. And then like, you know, it got rebooted and everyone was, my brother was super excited. He's like, yeah, I'm probably gonna watch it. And then I was like, oh, it had come out. I was like, oh, are you watching American Gladiator? He's like, no. And I was like, why not? He's like, because none of the original gladiators are on. So it's like, what's the point? So, so I mean, you, you, I mean, it, it's, it, they've shot themselves in the foot there. Like, I mean, they had a great money making opportunity for, I think, everybody involved. Had they, you know, had you guys do cameos or even host or even, you know, like do some kind of tag team thing. Like that would have been awesome. But, you know, the original fans, like the kids that grew up with it, like my older brother and whatnot, I mean, it was just tainted. It was just kind of left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Right. And you're seeing it, Ellie, to your point, you're seeing it with like the Netflix shows like Cobra Kai. They're bringing back the old people, which are getting in the older audience. So like you are, you are correct there. Yeah. You're so, you're so right, Ellie. And, you know, it's unfortunate because at that time, Myself and Steve Henneberry, who's Tower, we're really good friends. We both were, and I am still, we were both in incredible shape. We asked, uh, we reached out to Johnny Ferraro, who is the creator of American Gladiators, because he was involved in it, right? So right. we said, hey, we'll, we'll even come compete. Let, let us compete. Hell yeah, absolutely. Cam cameo appearance. Let's be a host. Let's, let, let's where are they now? And they yeah, did. Yeah, absolutely. They didn't want anything to do with the original American gladiators, gladiators, or any. They just wanted to do their own thing, and they were gonna, they were gonna hit the mother load. Well, they found out it didn't work. So, right. uh, to your yeah. point, who, who ran marketing for that? Because they both need to be taken back out back and shot. I mean, like oh, yeah. you could have had a multi-million dollar thing going on here, Never just like. It. But Jim and Ellie, it's the same with it. Yeah, we did a Shark Week, and we had a bunch of shark experts on, and they always talked about the way they portrayed sharks on that geo is just wrong. And it goes with what you're saying. They're just all tone deaf when it yeah. comes to creation. They just don't understand. You see with music or movies, stuff they put on TV, and you're like, you guys, like, who are you taking your polls from here? They're in a bubble. That's why. Yeah, yeah, themselves, the echo the chamber. They're taking their polls yeah. from the echo chamber. It's crazy, yeah. man. You are, you're dead right. But listen, it's all going to – we don't care about the past because right now uh, Game 7, which is a production company, signed a great producer and director. Uh, Netflix uh, has agreed – to do a six to eight part documentary series on American Gladiators, where are they now? And oh, it's telling cool. a story. It's going to be so cool. Game seven. I mean, cool. it's Dan Clark Nitro is heading it up uh, um, along with Lori Fetrick, who's ice. Uh, they they teamed up and started the ball rolling. Um, so uh, that's going to happen sometime this year, and Netflix will probably come out. I would say I, I, I'm just guessing 2022, but it's going to be really cool. So uh, at least they're going to have another, I guess, platform for us to really be able to tell our story. And, and it's going and to be pretty cash cool. in. Hello. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be pretty cool. But you mentioned that too, and I know you want to touch on that. So they're coming out on Netflix. Now uh, you said that ESPN did a 30 for 30, but some of you chose not to go that route. Why not? That's correct. Um, well, I don't want to put anybody under the, the bus there, but uh, there was just some things that um, occurred on the 30 for 30 ESPN that I really don't want to dive into, um, but it just wasn't right for some of the gladiators that were the, the A characters, you know, that were on the show for many years. And we felt 
that we needed to not do the 30 for 30, which was just, I think, one or two episodes that they're going to have. We thought the bigger picture was literally um, doing a six to eight part documentary on where are they now telling our own story uh, and having the A Gladiator team uh, with game seven. And uh, we just felt it was a better use of our time um, more wisely. The Netflix, it's worldwide, right? So, and it's always going to be part of your cash or your cart. So you can always pull up that documentary as opposed to ESPN, which only airs here in the United States. And you have to be a seasoned sports enthusiast, even no ESPN, right? So we just thought the legs were much deeper on the Netflix documentary than the ESPN 30 for 30. So we chose the latter, which, uh, uh, game seven with Netflix. So I think it's going to be a, a better solution for all of us that are involved in that, that situation. And when I talk to you guys, I realize how much morals you have than me. Cause like, I feel like I would have just jumped at him like, yeah, I'll do anything. But like for you to actually be like, no this picture, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, Big no, picture. This, this isn't for us and we could do it ourselves. Like that's real, uh, noble man really well, let, let, let me tell you and i and i will tell you this when they approach you any company where we really didn't get paid much for what we did back in the day and i can go through that with all the memorabilia that i received zero cents i was on american gladiator vitamin lines i was on posters keychains macaroni and cheese boxes. i received zero royalties so when they call you 30 years later and things have changed and they're still offering you zero dollars, yeah. what are you oh. going to do? Yeah. No, so, yeah. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll so, Facebook message you and ask for your advice. I mean, listen, yeah. so, <laughs> what should I do? So that was, that really started the ball rolling, even though they came around and offered us the same, about the same of what Netflix is offering. It's it, it, it was still the fact that, Hey, you know, things have changed. We're worth something. We're not yeah. just a piece of, I hate to say a piece of meat, just an athlete will throw them away. You know, we created, no, we're people. Show. The American gladiators created the show, not the show created American gladiators. I mean, right. that's the yeah. bottom line. Yeah. The, the contenders, very important. Um, the games were important, the costumes, but us as individuals, American gladiators, that's what made the name. And that's why it's still around 30 years later. Was there anyone you lined up against that, like an average Joe as they were, that you just knew you were going to annihilate, like within two minutes? Come on. Like, just no, like, oh, this is Come all, on. All, those, all the contenders were studs, man. When you've got 15,000, 20,000 people trying out, right. they wanted the best. The best. I, I can tell you a, a couple people that come to mind, like Lucian Anderson. Um, he and I were in the Conquer Ring. And we, we actually got into a uh, physical altercation and I grabbed him by the neck. And I mean, th there were some studs on that show. Uh, uh, Rocky Costantino, I think his name was, uh, if I'm pronouncing it right. There, there Two Scoops was a stud. Um, what a great name. Man, I saw I that cool. today. I was watching a YouTube and they said, this is Two Scoops. And he's like, come on. I was like, that's so I, yeah. cool. Li little skinny guy. But let me tell you, the, the games, the events that we did, they weren't designed for just big muscular bodybuilders. I mean, if you're an athlete, oh, you had to be able to do stuff. You could just stand there and be big, <laughs> right? Yeah, you look good. 
the, the games were more about being an athlete. If you're an athlete, you're already strong, right? Yeah. I mean, just because I'm 230 and you're 180 doesn't mean pound for pound the 230 is stronger than the 180 guy. I mean, you're still strong as hell at 180 and could be stronger. So the games that were invented were really pure athleticism. Uh, it wasn't just pure muscle against muscle. So even though we were – I was one of the smaller gladiators at 228, and then I got down to my last two years. I, I was the best shape I ever was. I was 218, um, you know, and going up against guys that were 210 to 165, man, I mean, some guys at 165 kick our ass, you know. I mean, it just the way it is. So it, the games were pretty much evened out in terms of, of – <laughs> doesn't matter where you were on the space of weight, right? And poundage. So what was your favorite event to do? Oh yeah. I love I'm the sorry joust. If, I'm sorry if I took that from anyone, but I, just, oh, I love it. Uh, I love the joust. You know, I boxed in high school and college. So, you know, just taking the joust stick and I, I just loved the one-on-one. -on -one. I love the conquer ring because it was just me against that one individual absolutely loved Powerball because it was three of us gladiators against two of the contenders. And it, that was pure football. I mean, that was, yeah. you could hit and go, you couldn't hit him in the head, you know, with four on shove, but that was true football right there. And those three, those three games alone, those events were my favorite. Cool. And, uh, and didn't lose too often either. Uh, I don't think I ever lost. Throw that out there. Yeah. So I loved it. Yeah. You went, did you ever, uh, when you were like at the tryouts, when you would see the people that would show up, did you ever just like walk down the line and be like, dude, just go home? Uh, <laughs> Jesus, Brian. There's some math people from like, yeah, like come on, I gotta tell you, you guys, Brian's got some really good questions here. So, Brian, <laughs> I hate him. So, here's what they didn't allow us to, they never, so they never let us see the contenders until the day of the show. Right. And I love that. Uh, and I'll tell you why. So if, if I'll just say, Brian, Eric, the big Scott, if, if you and I, if I become your friend, right. And I start to like you as an individual, mm -hmm. me as an animal that want, yeah, yeah. you know, linebacker, I want to take your head off. I I'm just not that aggressive when it comes time to the events, right? Cause I know you. So I love that they separated us from the contenders. Yeah. We never fraternized with the contenders. Maybe we, they would come up and ask us for autographs at lunchtime. Cause we all took the break at lunch. You know, it was 15 hour days of filming, but uh, wow. I, me personally, I didn't want to be their friend. I didn't want to know who they were and like them because when that bell or that whistle rang and went off you know the gym me i'm a nice guy outside of that i okay guy but when that, i become a different individual i mean i i put a i don't know i, I just flip a switch and yeah. i really do want to take your head off i mean and that's how i was at inside linebacker when i played at montana state and nfl i just there's a switch that goes off and man I, i'm just a, i'm an animal and uh it was great not to be able to uh, know who they were and be friendly with them. 
It makes it would have been funny if the autograph just said eat shit and you gave it back to him. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be amazing. You put the day, like the person, yeah, the no, person you put that out. The autograph, you just put the day of like your their death. I'm gonna day the day of face of the RIP eight ten ninety four. Yeah. Wait a minute, what the fuck? Right, no, no. Ask hours, like kid. when were you born? Yeah, like when were you born? Oh, okay, and then yeah, yeah. right. The, the day's day. Ladies, yeah. I love the I love the assault with the target the tennis balls one. Oh, I, I, I hated that, that game. I it was so boring. And what was the one where you guys had to like hang and kick people off? Oh, <laughs> that, that's an I I actually really it was called hang tough. Mm-hmm. And that was that was one of my better events. I I actually love that's another that's probably my of the three I mentioned that would be another one that I really loved and I love the pyramid. Remember where we start at the top and yes. the two contenders would go up the pyramid. Man, man, you fall about forty feet. It's like I, I mean that was exhilarating. What was cool too is it was a show before its time because you got to figure the late eighties, early nineties. You guys didn't just focus on males. You had a female division too. Like yeah. you know what I mean, like that that like was kind of unheard of at that time to have like women bodybuilders competing in physical things. So like that's it, right. It, yeah, you, you wouldn't have been toned or termed as toxic masculinity as they say. <laughs> so, well, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people consider bodybuilders non-athletes, right? But, you know, you could be or couldn't be. But, uh, you know, these girls, women that became American gladiators, most of them did compete in bodybuilding. Uh, Lori Fetrick, Ice, Ray Hollett, Zap. Um, there was Shelly Beatty, who unfortunately passed away. Um, her name was Siren. She was the deaf gladiator. Man, you talk about studettes, right? I mean, they were true athletes. They weren't just big bodybuilders with muscles, you know, they, they could move. Uh, Shelly Eason, who was uh, sky six, three and great athletes. I mean, hell, it was awesome. I mean, one thing that people ask me, did you ever let up on a, on a contender because maybe you liked them or uh, no, we never did. But I can tell you right now that there was a few situations where through the seven years, eight seasons, there would be male gladiators that got a little mouthy and at little like cocky. Mm-hmm. And we did get together as male gladiators and said, this son of a bitch is not going on. We're going to stop him and we're going to put him down no matter what event it was. And so we targeted that person just because they became a mouthpiece on the show and thought they were something bigger than, than the show. Right. Uh, your own bounty gate. Yes. American gladiator bounty gate. Someone, I love in, it. Wheel, someone in a wheelchair right now is going to be watching this podcast. <laughs> I knew something was up. <laughs> nah. So anyhow, yeah, that, that happened. Uh, it probably happened maybe, maybe only three times in the seven years, but Hey, every contender that came on that show, were, they were humble, great athletes. They respected all the other athletes, but there was a couple guys that just, didn't have that mindset that they thought their shit didn't stink. So uh, they got what they deserved. So anyhow. Uh, when, what, Cause like, if you had this type of show now, I feel like they're so like, if you look at the NFL compared to when the show started, they're so like cautious of head hits and everything. Like if you, if you get hit too hard, they make you sit out and kind of assess you. Was there a lot of mindfulness of this when the show was around was there like crazy insurance did you even did it even cross your minds i didn't even care 
No. <laughs> well, we, we were taking care of workers' comp every time we, we were injured. Uh, no, no one thought of it. And if you got yeah. knocked out, you know, back in the day, hey, you got your bell rung. Get back you, know, you look around, right. you see the stars, you're okay, get back in there. I mean, yeah. it just wasn't a thing, you know, CTE and all that other stuff that's happening today that I'm actually involved in the CTE program with the NFL. But, um, yeah, they, there was no worry. It just was what it was, right? So, um, yeah. you know. Well, even at, even at a, a smaller level, I remember playing Pop Warner football and getting hit or doing hitting somebody and seeing, like, that white flash – and then you wake up and you're like, where? Oh, oh yeah. All right. I'm <laughs> the in white the flash. Yeah, and then, every, and then everyone's like, you're okay. You can breathe, right? Go back in there. Hit your head again. Uh, uh, you're tough. Get back in there. Yeah, Who yeah. cares about the white flashes? You know, just get in there and play. <laughs> get up. You said oh, yeah, you, were between, you were between um, the gladiators and becoming a police officer. Once you became a gladiator, was it in the back of your mind that you could fall back to being a police officer, or did that just escape once you joined? It, it did. It did escape. You know, it's always been an inkling. I, you know, I think as young kids, children, at least when I grew up, you respected police officers and firemen, and and I always had a thrill of being a police officer. And you know, after the gladiators ended, you know, I went on to other things. I, I got into the corporate world for nutrition and. Um, yeah, that's another great question. I, you know, after the gladiators ended, uh, I don't even think I thought about going back to the LAPD and signing up again and going through the year of, you know, psychological evaluation and physical and all that. So, um, I'm just glad I did it and I was accepted. Uh, it was a pretty cool situation at the time. So, yeah. It's funny you say that because when we were younger, they could say you could be a police officer you could be the president. I wouldn't want either of those jobs. I would never, absolutely right. not. Boy. Not like I could, but anyway. <laughs> segway, since, yeah, segue, since Ellie's coming back from meeting the president, uh, what would you like to ask? <laughs> well, no, they, they kicked me out. But anyways. Um, Are you met the president? No, he's in, my, he's in Long Beach right now, and I may or may not have walked my dog. Walked my dog down there just to go see what all the fuss was about. And that's why she was late. <laughs> He's stalking the president. Wanted, that's why you're late. I just wanted to see. I just wanted to see. Okay. Anyways. Did you want so, uh, Sure. All right. Anyway, speaking of that, did you ever? Okay. Skytrack. How difficult was that? Don't even talk about that game. I hated that thing. <laughs> Let me tell you. I hate it to the point where I actually listened to this. So. I hated that game. I mean, I hate, I got so dizzy. I, I oh. told the director and producer, I, I'm not doing it. And if you guys want to fire me, fire me because I am not, I, I did it like three or four times and it being upside. I just couldn't do it. Uh, I got nauseous oh, uh, and I did. I told them, Hey, I, I can't do it. And so I wasn't on, on sky track too often. And what an awful game that was. Oh, just awful. <laughs> But you could have puked on your opponent and won that way. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> cool stuff. Now, Jim, really quick, man, because uh, I know you're busy and everything. This is really fun and cool. Uh, just uh, where can we catch your stuff? Like uh, Instagram? Or do you have a website just so people can reach out and stuff? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Um, you know, I don't use it too often. Um, you know, I try to stay away from all of that. But, um, you know, it's uh, – 
Can I you really don't have it, you know. For Netflix? Uh, pardon me? Can you say when you start shooting for Netflix? We It's going to start this year sometime, and I, I would imagine by the time they edit and they get all of the gladiators that are involved in the Netflix documentary, I, I would imagine it's going to come out 2022. Hey, I, I, I have to mention this. Go on. You four individuals, LA, I mean, all of you guys. I mean, this is one of the most fun uh, podcasts <laughs> that I've ever had. I mean, it, it's been a it's been a joy, and, and your questions have been just ar articulate to the point. Awesome stuff. So we bring uh, a little bit of everything. There's a little humor. There's a little seriousness, you know, so we try. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and as I, and I'm signing out here, just know that, you know, I'm 59 being 60, you know, I'm not buff, you know, I'm, I'm still in great shape. I'm 192 pounds now, but you know, it's all about being healthy, uh, taking care of yourself. You know, if you, if you're big, if you're too big, you're going to die big and, you know, your health is everything. And uh, uh, unfortunately, we just lost uh, Thunder, Billy Smith, uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, 57 years old. And, you know, we lost Re Re Lee Rareman, who was Hawk, um, a few years back, and Shelly Beatty. So, you know, just uh, live a healthy life and, uh, and do the best you can. And I just want to say thank you to the four of you for having me. It's my pleasure to be on your, your great show. And uh, if you ever want me back, I'd be ha more than happy to, to join you.